Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hoop We Can Believe In. We're Rachie and Tali, twins and lifelong sports fans here to bring you into our growing love for women's basketball and make the case for why this is the sport we should all be watching. It's so good to be back with you all. You know, Many of us are new to the WNBA, as we've talked about so many times, and we're trying to to catch up on the groundwork that has been laid uh, leading up to this season. And what's been really interesting is that it's the 25th season of the WNBA, and because of that, the league is really making a point um, to share a lot of history and to to really um, for for those of us who are new um, bring us in to the to the long path and the many 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 leaders um, and journey women um, and people who have gotten us here. Um, there had been this really interesting uh, move to name the 25 best WNBA players um, within the last 25 years. And for many of us, and certainly for me, this has been a really helpful way to introduce me not to just all of the amazing players who are out there now and may and might have been for the past 20 years in some cases, but also to some of the GOATs, the greatest of all time, the OGs who had been here in the 90s, in the 2000s when, when we weren't paying attention. And so we wanted to bring some of those people to you um, to to learn some history together about the uh, the uh, grandmothers and mothers of of the WNBA who really ushered this league into existence and started it off on such a high level. And first, I want to just say that a ton of our faves who are in the league, who have been in it for a few years, many years, are on this list, are just like such a high caliber. We have Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi and Brianna Stewart and Neka Agumike and Brittany Griner. So many of these wonderful players, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch. Um, that was really just to give us a taste. Um, but we are in the midst of greatness. We are in the midst of witnessing greatness, but we also missed some of it. Mm-hmm. So we want to share some of what we missed um, and just highlight a few players um, that might whet your appetite to go see who some of these other ones are and to just learn what made them great, both on the court, off the court, and how did they pave the way for the amazing battle basketball that we are watching today. So Tal, who's on your mind when you look at that list of the top 25 players in the WNBA? Well, looking through the list, the people I was most interested in were the names I was kind of familiar with from when we were kids, but didn't know very much about. And so I looked into two folks, Cheryl Swoops and Cynthia Cooper, um, and found out some fun things about them in addition to how great players, how great of a player each of them was. Um, So first to start off with, Cheryl Swoops was actually the first player ever to be signed in the WNBA when the league started in 1997. And she ended up signing with the Houston Comets, which you'll hear a little bit more about when I talk about Cynthia Cooper. Um, But she got her start um, in in Brownfield, Texas, um, playing basketball with her three older brothers and raised by her mother, Louise Swoops. Um, And my favorite fact about her is that She started competing at the age of seven on a local children's league called the Little Dribblers. What a great name. Fast forward, she ended up um, spending most of her college career at Texas Tech, breaking so many records, was a part of the USA national basketball team. 
um, uh, for a, starting in 1994 and really showed up for them. And then um, when the WNBA started their inaugural season in the 1997, she signed with um, with the Houston Comets. And interestingly, she um, returned. It sounds like she actually had her son in the first season of the WNBA and returned only six weeks after giving birth to her son to play the last third of the WNBA inaugural season and led the Comets to the 1997 um, WNBA championship. So really starting off the WNBA um, with a real bang. Um, she, over her time, accumulated 2,000 career points. 500 career rebounds, 300 career assists, and 200 career steals, um, and just won many, many accolades. So Cheryl Swoops just seems like a really wonderful candidate um, for the greatest player of all time. And she was actually the first WNBA player um, who had a Nike shoe named after her, and they were called Air Swoops. Oh, so many good names. So many good names. Um, so Cheryl Swoops, we see you. So grateful for what you what you did in the past. And we're sorry that we didn't really get to see you play, um, but really love learning this history about you. Um, another person who we heard a lot about or alert, heard enough about to know her name and feel familiar with it was Cynthia Cooper, now Cynthia Cooper Dyke. Um, and she was actually, uh, her basketball career started earlier and she was younger, uh, older than Cheryl Swoops. And so actually by 1997, she was 34 and had had her college career, a wonderful college career, um, playing at USC, um, and then had played overseas and also was a part of the USA national basketball team. But in the inaugural season um, in 1997 for the WNBA, she started playing with the Houston Comets as well. I don't know what other teams did, given that Cynthia Cooper and Cheryl Swoops and another great player, Tina Thompson, were all on the Houston Comets. Um, but Cynthia Cooper also set amazing records. Um, I'm just going to find them. Hold on one minute. So um, during the Comet Dynasty, which is what they call it, she was a really a vital part of their of their offense. Um, and she was actually the first player in WNBA history to score 500, 1,000, 2,000, and then 2,500 career points. She was really ahead of the game in the scoring, and she was doing this all after the age of 34. She scored 30 or more points in 16 of her 120 games um, and had a 92-game double-figure scoring streak from 1997 to 2000. So every single game she played in, for 92 straight games, she scored above 10 points, which is really something. Um, so yeah, those are some facts about Cynthia Cooper and Cheryl Swoops. Um, who are some of the folks that stood out to you, Rach? Wow. Love hearing about these OGs. So amazing. And I think especially just hearing about Cynthia Cooper coming into the WNBA as a 34-year-old mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. really dominating and having this reputation as being one of the best players um, after getting such a late start, it really makes you wonder what would have happened had the WNBA been around since she was 21 or 22. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so one of those players who we get a taste of of what it was like for someone to really um, be be in towards the beginning and then have longevity um, and be able to make a long career out of um, their time in the WNBA is, is someone named Tamika Catchings. Uh, she is an amazing basketball player. She went to um, the University of Tennessee, which along with UConn um, was one of the real powerhouses um, in the in the 90s and the 2000s because of an amazing coach named Pat Summit. 
And Tamika Catchings um, won so many accolades. Um, she was um, the rookie of the year, the year that she was chosen, I believe in 2001. She went on to win um, at WNBA championships, um, get the finals MVP award, become the most valuable player for the whole league in 2011. She won the Defensive Player of the Year award in 2005, 2006, 2009, 2010, 2012. And she was just an amazing, amazing defender. Um, and defense wins championships, That's as right. we all know. It's not as sexy as offense, but I think Tamika Catching's um, real commitment to defense and her dominance on defense really speaks to how amazing of a of, of a player she was um, and how amazing of a, a leader she was. Um, she also mm-hmm. won four gold medals with the USA um, women's basketball team and was an all-star um, 12 different times. She also was... Um, um, the head, the president of the WNBPA, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Uh, the WNBA's players union, which we've learned about before. She, in fact, was the person who tapped Neka Agumike to to follow her. And what vision t- she must have had. So much vision. And sh- she also spent her entire career with the same team, the Indiana Fever, mm-hmm. um, and it, which is fun to to, to learn about because I think for those of us who got into the WNBA this year, you and anyone who listens to this podcast, you might not have heard very much about the Indi- mm-hmm. Indiana mm-hmm. Fever because they've been one of the least good teams um, <laughs> in the WNBA and still very fun to watch. They're really, really trying, games. really making games of all of the games, not not giving up. They're playing with integrity. But Tamika Catchings really made them a powerhouse mm-hmm. for a long time. They were always in the playoffs and always contenders. Um, and so it's it's really fun to get to learn about some of these other players um, and and these other teams and know that like there are different cycles and the Houston Comets were dominant at one point. They don't exist anymore, sadly. The Indiana Fever were really good at one point. The Minnesota Lynx were an amazing team. And that brings me to my next um, player that I wanted to talk about, whose name is Simone Augustus, who actually is still around um, as a coach. She is a um, an assistant coach for the LA Sparks. And Simone Augustus um, was a part of the Minnesota Lynx dynasty. Um, and the Minnesota Lynx won championships um, uh, in four years out of eight within the, within the 2010s and really just um, dominated in so many ways. And Simone Augustus, who had played 14 seasons, she came from LSU where she won tons of awards, the best college player when she was there. Um, She really helped set the tone for so much of the dominance that the Minnesota Lynx um, really went on to have. And we hear um, about players like Maya Moore. We hear about Sylvia Fowles, also all on this list. A lot of amazing Lynx players that played together. But Simone Augustus, that first year in 2000, 11 when they won she was the she was the finals mvp she was the one who was really um helping to to set the tone um and be one of the veterans that that brought this lynx team um to to their to their championship caliber and yeah definitely was a was a real champion was an mvp um was a real leader on the court and someone who so many wnba players love deeply when she retired last year there were these amazing shirts made with her on the on the cover of Sports Illustrated um, that you might be, see around different uh, 
different games this year. And so just a huge, huge shout out to to Simone Augustus, um, who I think also really represents the greatness of the Minnesota Lynx and some of the other players um, who were also on this list, uh, Maya Moore and, and Sylvia Fowles. Um, so those are some of the players that I'm thinking of. And this is really just a taste. We really want to encourage other people to go and learn about these amazing players who really, really, really set a, an incredible foundation for the basketball that we get to watch today. So that's the history. Mm-hmm. Tal, thinking about the present, we are in an exciting oh, time. Are what are you ever? paying attention to? What's bringing you joy? Well, um, today, September 12th, uh, Sunday, um, we now know that there's only one more playoff spot up for grabs. The Dallas Wings clinched the seventh spot last night um, in a really exciting win. Um, and I think that the, com- the competition for that last eighth spot is something I'm looking at really closely. The Washington Mystics, they are currently in that spot. They beat Chicago today. Washington with a really amazing showing um, when they didn't have some of their really integral players and Chicago not having their best game, but Washington playing with a lot of heart. Um, so uh, I'm, I, I maybe, I might be rooting for them. I don't, I'm, I'm rooting as always for good basketball. And I think the three teams that are really fighting for that spot are going to be the Mystics, the New York Liberty, um, and the LA Sparks. Um, I know, I know you'd love to see the LA Sparks pull out some, some wins and see if that, if that could happen. I'm not sure, but, but I think it's a really coveted spot and, and there's some real fight happening in these, this last week. In a half week of the season, I think is going to be an exciting week to watch. So that's one thing I'm looking at. And another thing is just, I know I said this last time, but the Connecticut Sun are really blowing me away. I just feel so lucky that they get to be our team. Mm. Um, and they are having such an incredible season and real, like playing amazing defenses, as I, as I said last week. Also incredible offense. John Paul Jones, Dewana Bonner, and Brianna Jones, all of them like really showing up in different games in really big ways, but also so then you get a game like you get these incredible games from their support other parts of the supporting cast like Brian January like Jasmine Thomas and I was listening to a, a podcast with LaChina Robinson um called Around the Rim which if you're looking for any more podcasts about the WNBA like really about the basketball Around the Rim is a really good thing to turn to but she pointed out that you know Connecticut is really playing like a college team and she meant that as a real compliment like it's selfless basketball where they're really looking to set each other up for the best shots shots and support each other in playing great defense um and so I'm just really excited to be watching them um and I I hope they can go all the way um Rach, I know that we, um, the playoffs are a little bit confusing to everybody. And so we wanted to also, before we end our show today, we wanted to invite you into how the playoffs are going to work because they're coming up soon and we don't want you guys to miss it. The WNBA playoffs are structured really interestingly tall. So the way it's going to work is that on um, September 23rd, which is a, a Thursday night, there's going to be um, a, a, a do or die game, basically. So the first the first um, the first round in the playoffs, the first two rounds of the playoffs are really just one and done games. So instead of full series, it's the five and the eighth spot and the sixth and the seventh spot. Um, facing off against each other 
And whoever wins goes to the next round. And then that next round, whoever wins plays the three and the four seed at the three and the four seeds home court. And whoever wins those do or die games goes on to the semifinals. And those semifinals are series, a best of five series. So the first team to win three games. And then the teams that win the semifinals go on to the finals, which is another best of five first um, to three wins series. So it's really amazing because um, you know, in the NBA, the MNBA, as we like to call it, um, there isn't really incentive. I mean, there is incentive to be the best team because you'll play the less good teams at the bottom, um, at the bottom of the standings and the playoffs. But if you're the top two teams in the WNBA, you get, you don't have to play any one and done games. You get to go straight to the semifinals. And so there's real incentive for these teams to do as well as they can. And so it'll be interesting to see who gets these last, um, these this last uh, uh, second sp- spot, the mm-hmm. the seed where um, the team would go straight to the semifinals yeah. round because we know Connecticut has locked up the first seed. Um, so it's going to be so interesting. We are so excited for the playoffs to to be. Um, just like a great, great time with great basketball, um, maybe some heartbreak, some jubilation. It's just going to be amazing. And we're so excited to, to watch it and, and, and be a part of this with you all. Oh, what's that I hear? And that's the buzzer. That's time for today. Well, this has been Hoop We Can Believe In. Um, we're so grateful that you stayed with us for this episode. And also, Rachie pointed out that this is actually our 10th episode. Um, so really, really grateful to be learning um, and getting excited about the WNBA with all of you. Um, we'd love to thank Liz Ashleman, our executive producer, Rachel Fichtenbaum, for the name Hoop We Can Believe In. Um, and please, as we've said before, email us. We have an email address, hoopwecanbelieveen um, at gmail.com. And we would love for you to send questions or ideas about future episodes. If you have questions you want us to address on the air, we would love, 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 love for you to email us and you will hear your question here, live, recorded on Hoop We Can Believe In. <laughs> Indeed. Um, we're Rachie. Oh, sorry. We're Tali. And Rachie. Signing off. <laughs>